0: ladies and gentlemen welcome to direct xbox number eight i have the usual with me here tonight talking about xbox the world of microsoft and some interesting uh, crossover stuff here as sony is becoming fairly involved with with microsoft now after the activision blizzard deal that will be discussing, but I do want to give a shout out to some of the executive tier members over on the SpawnCast Network. That's spawncastnetwork.com or patreon.com slash spawncast. Executive tier member shout-outs include John O, Joshua Butts, Mr. Job, William Hogue, all of them contributing, supporting over on the network. Appreciate it, as always, to those and everyone else over there. Again, these shows go live early, as well as the audio version that we post up, and we do bonus shows as well throughout the month, so make sure you check it out over there. It is linked down below in the description. Nate, how are you doing tonight?
1: I am doing well, currently sipping on a nice hot cup of tea in the cool, brisk weather that the autumn season is bringing to the New England area.
0: It's very dramatic sounding. It's like you're reading from a page from Alan Wake.
1: Great game. You've
0: been playing that too much, haven't you?
1: There's never, there's no such thing as too much Alan Wake, too. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You've been playing that though, so you can you can fill us in a bit on your your thoughts there. You also played Jassant, so you've been pretty busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. two quality so You're gonna be able games. to tell us about those. Okay, okay. Yes. Yes. I was busy getting the platinum trophy in Spider Man too.
1: I will do that in time. I have the Platinum in Spider-Man 1 and in Miles Morales, so it's only natural I will get the set with Spider-Man 2. have made a little more progress in that game, actually, over the last few days, but yeah, my primary gaming interest for the last week or so has been with Genshin and Alan Wake 2, but Spider-Man 2 is gradually creeping his way back into my playtime.
0: I did get the code in for Call of Duty, so I loaded that up. I just have not started it yet. They just did the early access period starting this afternoon, so I will go through the campaign. I am I am one of those weird people who are interested in the Call of Duty campaigns uh, when they drop, and this one is going to be interesting because I, I think it'll have hopefully some missions that uh, go over the top. Is what I'll say, but um, I'll be looking into that, and we'll I'm sure discuss mw3 in the next direct xbox as multiplayer will be out by then as well and that's usually what most people are are interested in uh, to that degree and i guess robocop star ocean came out now there's a lot of stuff happening a lot of Mm -hmm. stuff just trying to keep up just trying to keep up at this point this is too much it's too much but uh let's see so Today, we're going to be talking about the management at Xbox having a shakeup, Microsoft and this third party controller situation where they're blocking stuff, Game Pass games that have been announced for November, as well as one coming in right at the end of November that I, I can definitely recommend. Excited there. Uh, very odd situation with sales over in Japan, although we will be able to explain that a bit further. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, as I just discussed there a little bit. PS5 Slim bundles being spotted in the in the wild, kind of bringing Microsoft and Sony together on that one. Financial report for Microsoft: good software sales, questionable hardware stuff. That I'm curious where what you think about the future-facing part of Microsoft. And I did want to get into some of the Bungie stuff a bit because Destiny 2 is one of the most popular games on Xbox, and things looking a little shaky over there right now with Bungie. Uh, I got some some questions questions there, but we are going to start there, Nate, with the management side. Because we got like it's, it's a pretty sizable shakeup, I would say, behind the scenes. And the biggest takeaway for me while we have Sarah Bond, who is got a promotion to president of Xbox now, Matt Booty appears to be kind of taking over a bit in terms of Bethesda, Zenimax, as he's moving to present game content and studios, where we are. While they say ZeniMax will operate as a limited integration entity led by Jimmy Letter, it does seem like Bethesda being brought into the fold a bit more with Microsoft now and Xbox with Matt Booty kind of taking control, like as a supervisor role.
1: Yeah, it appears that they're trying to streamline the process to essentially ensure that we're not going to have a repeat of what happened with Redfall, because the real crux of the Redfall situation was that Microsoft allowed ZeniMax and Arcane, Bethesda, all to remain operating on their own. So when it came time for Matt Booty to basically do a check-in, he was reliant on the information that was being relayed to him by the individuals that were heading up at Bethesda. And those individuals would have been the ones who were going to Arcane and getting the status reports and seeing the game. So ultimately, this will ensure that Matt Booty is more directly involved in what is happening at those studios. Not in the sense that he's gonna be hands-on in terms of managerial decisions, but he can go get those status reports for himself. He can check on the progress of a game, see if it's problematic, if they have to allocate some of the Microsoft engineers to assist in development, like we saw with Redfall after it had launched and they just recently patched it with the 60 FPS patch but this will allow a more streamlined process to ensure that the quality is up to standard. And I think you could look to Starfield as kind of an example where Microsoft was involved with the development of that game more direct. And ideally, that is what we're going to see with future Bethesda projects, where Microsoft can get involved and aid and assist them in getting to the finish line, but not being overbearing and interfering with the creativity, still allow Bethesda to operate as they always have as an independent entity, but be more present when they you know when an issue may arise and be just ever vigilant to aid them and assist when necessary.
0: It's a communication thing that seemed to break down with Redfall because they Microsoft was, as Phil Spencer said, they're almost day one basically with Starfield or as as early as they could be with Starfield. And technically speaking, that turned out a lot better than Redfall in terms of the scope of Starfield versus Redfall and and like the performance aspects, content, like it the fact that the series S was able to do what it was able to do with Starfield, it's Redfall was basically the victim of of just miscommunication and kind of just being I guess kind of ignored kind of, it was very odd, right? Like there was obviously things slipped through the cracks and I feel like that's one of the biggest shifts here with this management shakeup is to just to just to smooth out those wrinkles those issues because now they're bringing on Activision Blizzard and that's its whole that's a whole other thing. So they don't want to be mm-hmm. like sideways with this Bethesda stuff. They want to get that right. Okay, here comes Activision Blizzard. We got to figure all that out too. So don't trying to still deal with that while also figure mm-hmm. out how to create Call of Duty every year. Oh my gosh, that's a whole thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, as we can see with the Activision situation Microsoft still appears to be very hands-off in how they are going to handle it in terms of integration. And with Bethesda, they didn't integrate them fully, and they're still not integrating them fully, but they are going to integrate them a little more than previously. Like as we mentioned with Redfall, that was just a case of you're under our umbrella, but we trust you to do quality. We're not going to interfere with what you're doing. Redfall comes out. It was a disaster. I had heard some background conversations where what Bethesda was internally expecting in terms of reviews was differing from what Microsoft was being told. And uh. ultimately what you get now is a shoddy project where Microsoft's expectations were something different than the studio itself. So now all those types of communication barriers should be down and they can work in a little more you know uniformity where both can just cooperate and assist each other because you are on the same team even if Microsoft is allowing you just to go out do your own thing we trust you you have the pedigree to release quality games that's why we purchased you you have a long history of some of the most iconic franchises in gaming so we're not going to interfere with that but when you have a Redfall situation it definitely you know begs the question of how did this happen and now Microsoft is there they can get a little more involved and they can just aid them to ensure utmost quality is achieved with ideally every future release coming from the Bethesda branch of Xbox Game Studios.
0: Right. So that's, I mean, that's, it makes sense there because that's interesting. It sounds like almost a, a game of telephone with those review expectations for Redfall. Mm-hmm. Uh, Microsoft, expe- obviously Phil said that they expected the reviews to come in higher, but you're saying that internally in Bethesda for arcane, they were like, Ooh, I don't know about this guys. This is uh all
1: right, here you go. Yeah. It, it would sound like they were like, Microsoft was coming in saying, oh, okay, we expect, let's say the scores to come in. at." I forget what Phil Spencer had put out there, but let's say Microsoft was saying, okay, we're expecting a 75. Mm. Whereas internally it may have been a case of Bethesda was sitting there saying, we're only expecting, you know, a 65. What's going to happen here? And it kind of gives me shades of what happened with 343 with Halo Infinite, where it felt as though there was just a huge gulf of communication between 343 and Microsoft, where maybe 343 was over-promising what they had with the game, and Microsoft was just operating under that, saying, we believe you. Why would you mislead us? And then we saw what happened. They had to delay the game a full year. So it feels as though just Redfall was... Really the victim. It was that sacrifice that had to be made, but it's for the better. Now things can progress more smooth. Communication can be better. Matt Booty can have a direct line and we never see a repeat of a Redfall situation coming from Arcane or any other studio currently under the Xbox Game Studio umbrella
0: that's the expectation i don't know if we're going to see any immediate results from this this would be for more of the future the production pipeline so a hey, in four or five years if they're really if the games are coming out and they're all hitting well then we'll go okay i guess the restructuring from four years ago it worked out let's uh let's move up here to microsoft with these controllers so we were kind of we we're back and forth on this one because it seemed like updates and things were happening as we went along just more information coming out for this but the the basics, of the story here is that people realized certain controllers were basically prompting a message from the Xbox that said that their connected accessory is not authorized. They got an error code 82D6. 0002 and it would tell you hey in in so many weeks or so this just won't work anymore and it appears microsoft is now saying that yes there are there are like designed for xbox logos on boxes if you go into retail stores for controllers those are the ones that are designated to work correctly this seemed to spark up a lot of concern in most of the fighting game community, but I also understand that there were concerns about accessibility. However, apparently anything that's plugged in to the accessibility or the access controller from uh, Microsoft, the adaptive controller, uh, which then plugs into the Xbox, won't be affected by this. So the adaptive controller basically has like a, like a free pass attached to it when it comes to things being plugged into it. Otherwise though, the people were wondering about like a Brookstone adapter, I think was an example. I'd be curious about certain steering wheels, maybe that, that someone has built up really well. It's all customized. However, the other end of the spectrum here is this would work to block out any of those controllers or pass through devices that give unfair advantages on shooters like call of duty, right. Or, or or anything there. So there. I, there's there's two minds to this day. What do you think? Are you are you good with this? Be, because the idea that okay, this will weed out a lot of the uh, the the people who are cheating with actual hardware, uh, or could this be an issue for Microsoft when it comes to that fighting game community? He's already kind of leaning towards PlayStation because I mean Sony just owns uh, Evo now and they're just using PS5s, uh, but now you're kind of alienating that that crowd even more with this.
1: Yeah, this is kind of a tough situation to approach because at the utmost, I would say the accessibility controller would be the primary thing that you have to ensure is there. And Microsoft has gone out of their way to come out and say the accessibility controller is there. Individuals who need it, you don't have to worry about this. When it comes to cheating, be it Halo, Call of Duty, first-person shooters where people do buy these third-party controllers and they modify them with be it like a quick trigger and such to give an advantage it squashing those type of players is good for the community though i can see where there would be some you know brushback from the community as well where they're saying well everyone has access to this but in truth the average consumer isn't going to go out of their way by a custom controller to give them that half a second edge on being able to fire an extra round in a first person shooter the competitive player will do that and they're essentially corking their bat They're trying to get extra performance that's not representative of their skill level. They have to tweak things to really heighten their skill level. So it's almost beyond even just corking a bat. It's basically steroids. So being able to do a steroid test of sorts when it comes to controllers definitely has a benefit for evening the playing field for all players. So you can enjoy it and you're not going to rage and get upset that an individual is clearly cheating or has an advantage over you in a game like Call of Duty. For the fighting game community, it's not something I'm well versed in, but as you were saying with Evo and the PlayStation, and that's really that primary focus for the fighting game community is the PlayStation now, but Microsoft still has a premier fighter of their own from a, you know, a first party standpoint, and that's killer instinct, which is getting that 4k HDR patch for the series line of hardware in, I don't know if they dated it for 2023 or if it's just coming in the future. So when you have something like that, I feel as though Microsoft has to approach this somewhat delicately because you don't want to alienate that killer instinct fighting game community, regardless of how small it may be. You want to be able to invite people in. So if you are going to go this path, you kind of have to introduce a worthy replacement that is licensed be mark from Microsoft. And I don't know if they have done that yet. And I'm not sure how many licensed fighting game sticks there are because the fighting game community does like to customize their button lo- you know, layout and such mm-hmm. where they are better equipped to pull off their maneuvers and everything. So Microsoft really has to approach the fighting aspect of this with, you know, with care because you can't alienate that market. It's a very pivotal market for the industry and it's one of the most hyped and decorated areas of gaming when it comes to competition as evo is huge and if you want killer instinct to have representation at evo you have to allow the players to play with the best equipment possible so microsoft really either has to come out with a customizable fighting stick or they have to look at the situation maybe reevaluate it and say this is what we will permit and fighting game community can react to that news but right now as i said i'm not that well versed in this so i'm not sure how that community is really responding to this news at the moment
0: i i think you do for microsoft it's going to be more work because now they they probably have to go out talk to some of these companies that are providing either the parts for the fight sticks the central processor for it little board that goes in there that tells the xbox this is a controller but we're now going to rewire to the the buttons that we have lay- laid out here, the Brookstone adapter company, any of these companies that are providing these things to these communities will basically have to get the green light from Microsoft with the Design for Xbox logo or designation. And I mean, technically, we've seen we've seen a company from Kickstarter what the 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 screen that you put on there on your series S that got the design for Xbox thing. They actually went through that entire process and they, they they got the approval. So I I think a lot of these, these, uh, these adapters, these boards, I think they can get there. It's just that now the process has to happen and it's just more steps. The, the things that probably won't get designed for Xbox are like the boxes that uh, emulate a keyboard and mouse to a controller and let you plug it in or things that do auto fire and, auto-aim and like that stuff's not going to fly obviously and that's what they're trying to weed out here they just gotta it's just more work for them so the fighting game community i think is the biggest thing that people were concerned about and mm-hmm. microsoft's just gonna have to get on top of that
1: yeah i mean i think that's fair i like i said you know with the first person shooters and such and you know the auto-aiming and things individuals who use that really make it an unpleasant experience for everyone else but the fighting game community does need to be regulated in the sense where you don't have people finding cheats and such. And if it's an easy process that Microsoft can streamline their approval, ideally it can be quick and all these companies can apply, get approval and bring product out. So the fighting game community and even the casual consumer who prefers to use a fight stick over a Xbox pad has that option. So ideally in you know that utopian sense, this works out, In the best way possible but i feel as though this is going to be something that we have to kind of watch over probably for the next year if not more to see how microsoft really approaches it and if any changes to the current stance kind of come in a reversal or if they really commit to it
0: let's talk about xbox game pass for november this is wave one which tells me we are going to have more Game Pass games get announced. This is basically gonna run the first half of the month. There is one other game that got announced, and I, again, I think it's a, a really cool one to have in there. But I know we've talked about at least definitely one of these games that that's up on this card right now. But we can go through them. You already played Jassant That's out now. Headbangers, Rhythm Royale, and then War Tales, uh, Thirsty Suitors. You know what? I've been seeing this game pop up. I didn't realize this is like a turn-based RPG, and you skateboard in it too. Didn't know that. Really, I saw the trailer. Cause... I was like, wow, that's different than I was expecting. Okay. Yeah,
1: based on the name, I was kind of expecting a dating simulator of some right.
0: kind. Hey, there you go. Hmm. Uh that's out on uh that's out actually now. So there you go. Football manager 24. Never played that. No? No. Okay. Dungeons <laughs> four cloud console and PC, November 9th. And the one I'm really looking forward to, even though I say this about every one of these Yakuza or Like a Dragon games, like I'm looking forward to that. Then I try it and I just kind of fall out of it. Uh, but I've been told this one might be a little bit more—I don't say approachable, but easier to handle in terms of the how, like how long the mm-hmm. game is going to take to get through, and 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 it kind of being its own little mm-hmm. story there to the side is what, what people were just explained to me who were really big into the Yakuza like a dragon stuff when I saw in the comments. Uh, but the man who erased his name, that is November 9th, so next week. And I will be trying this out. I will be I will be at least mm-hmm. giving it a giving it a shot.
1: Yeah, I will give this one a shot. And as you said, some of the communication around the game almost gives it an Assassin's Creed Mirage type of flair where it's supposed to be a little bit shorter, a little more condensed than the previous Yakuza or Like a Dragon games. So if this game can come in, let's say, at a tight 20, 25 hours, I might be more inclined to invest myself in it and bring it to completion. Because as you know, the other Like a Dragon and Yakuza games, they could easily bring you 50, 75 hours Mm -hmm. of game time. And that is a large commitment. And especially in the latter half of 2023, with so many quality games coming out, you really have to sit down and just say, I'm playing this one game but when you have a you know a smorgasbord of high quality games presented to you you kind of jump from one to the other so this being a bit shorter definitely makes it more appealing
0: wild hearts is is also coming that's through ea play so they of course will drop a game in later on and this one unfortunately for wild hearts ea basically stepped stepped away from it i i don't think they were seeing the player count that they wanted and they just they stopped updates and support but technically the game is complete like you can play through it and that's going in the same day as the man who erased his name on november 9th <laughs> so i hey you know what if people are i'm sure there are people who are just curious about it because it is kind of that that take on monster hunter a bit it was interesting mm-hmm. because i also had a some extra stuff added in when it comes to crafting and inventing traps and it catapults and I played some of it, but, uh, I just, I think monster is better by a good, by a wide margin. However, this, it's still an interesting game. If, if you're just curious about, I, I guess, the smaller studios take on monster Hunter with a little more technology thrown in spirit T you're on that Nate, November 13th. <laughs>
1: uh is it is it what i'm currently drinking or is it something different
0: spirit tea they say it's a cozy life sim that might be for sean definitely sounds like a sean game so it sounds like uh, a sean game inspired by stardew valley and spirited away
1: right, spirited away though that kind of has my attention
0: okay all right there you go hey november 13th it's cozy game cozy life
1: stardew valley not so much but spread away
0: whoa 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 Whoa! What's wrong i with stardew tried valley?
1: stardew valley it just didn't click for me
0: wow interesting you're not a harvest moon person then
1: i did enjoy harvest moon back in the what? day
0: huh? hold on you liked harvest moon yes but not stardew valley
1: i know What's it's a rune very factory conf- never got into Rune factory
0: okay there you go that makes more sense then stardew valley is yeah. like it's harvest moon but then they added in a lot more of the social aspects a lot more of like the mm. the combat aspects to it it's it's close people compare it to to harvest moon yeah i compare it more to like a rune factory
1: yeah that might be the disconnect it, it's kind of like cheesecake and cream cheese i love cream cheese but i hate cheesecake
0: interesting hmm.
1: mm-hmm.
0: let's see what are we losing what are we losing what are we losing uh not bad, not bad. Okay, okay. So Gungrave Gore is leaving on November 15th. I don't see anything too bad. Coffee Talk? Is that your game name? No, no? No. no? Okay. <laughs> I guess just eh, Gungrave Gore isn't even a very good game. So not bad. No, right. no major casualties <laughs> from the game selection so far this month. Wait. So there you go.
1: On the but, lineup, they didn't list Persona Tactica. That's the first one. No, no, no half because that this is
0: wait this is wave one. That's out November 17th. 15th, right? I thought it was the 15th. I thought we had this conversation. I thought we went over this already. And I said it was the same day as Mario RPG.
1: Which I guess it would make that the 17th.
0: Yes. This is wave okay. one. It's in the, they put in the URL. They try to hide it in the URL. Like we don't notice. But it's uh this is wave <laughs> one. So this just goes up through November 14th. They'll put out another release of Game Pass stuff. So we'll get more of this this month. And I know that because uh the other a company announced roller Drome. that's november 28th mm-hmm. so okay. they just said you know what we're, we're just gonna announce it ourselves get out of the way <laughs> <laughs> out of the way so, so i already know a- two of
1: the games in the second wave
0: yes yes and those are two good ge- like roller is is actually a really cool game it's i mean it's basic in nature you're it's a rollerblading game with shotguns and and, and dual pistols and so, but it's it's fun i don't know it's it, it's it's kind of like the controls of a tony hawk jet set radio and then the shooting is i don't want to say it's inaccurate and kind of all over the place but it also kind of is it's it's fun I don't know i had a good time with it for what it was just don't take it very seriously <laughs> but mm. it was pretty cool i don't know i played it on the ps5 <laughs> and had a good time with it and now it's going to xbox end of the month right into game pass day one so i recommend give it a download try it out See what you think if you haven't played it yet. But Game Pass looking pretty good so far this month, especially with Persona going in there,
1: mm-hmm. Roller
0: Drum going in there. So and Wild Hearts.
1: Yeah, I mean it's a lot of variety between Like a Dragon, Roller Drum, Persona Tactica, really catering to a lot of genre tastes. So whether you like strategy, or you like mm-hmm. yeah. I guess that thirsty game that you had mentioned, that was skateboarding and everything that we didn't expect it to be or you just want to kick some ass well in like a dragon the
0: idea is to cast this wide net have a Mm -hmm. lot of variety in the service and uh just try to get people interested in it which i will give them credit i mean they've been building up for a while we talked about five or six games leaving and i don't really care about any of them so it's the service (laughs) continues to roll along so they, they at least have a lot of interesting stuff going and once that activision blizzard wheel starts turning and those games mm-hmm. start rolling in it's gonna get interesting
1: it's gonna get a lot more busy but one of the games leaving I believe isn't it persona five royale is that leaving
0: this month that is not listed here that might already be gone <laughs> that's it already may, gone. it I remember actually that may was, have
1: list yeah it may have left at the start of the month
0: yeah I remember that was listed the last uh, yeah. uh last update so that's probably gone now yep <laughs> well there you go but hey tactic is coming up so there you go you can play that play that instead <laughs> Let's talk about Xbox actually beating out the PS5 and the <laughs> and the Japanese sales are, This is I, I can't believe this was such a topic online. Uh, I look technically yes, it comes down to the number the hard numbers are in, and mm-hmm. yes, tactically it it did beat out the uh, the PS5. <laughs> I think most people who stop and think about it for twenty seconds understand why it beat out the it was three thousand three hundred one Xbox Series systems to 2933 ps5 systems which is an outlier on its own for how many ps5 sold because that's pretty low um but it's a big deal when xbox does it in japan over sony a japanese company um because xbox just doesn't sell that well in japan although Mm -hmm. the xbox series is doing better than the xbox one so technically they're trending in the right direction from last generation (laughs) uh it's pretty obvious right now though sony is just not shipping the old ps5 Mm -hmm. anymore and the ps5 slim is just going to move in to replace that one probably next week i think i think the ps5 slim is out either the 8th or the 10th i
1: believe it's the 10th in japan so yeah we'll see a change but at the same token like yes obviously it outsold the playstation 5 due to limited stock of the playstation 5 as sony waits to replenish you know shelves with the playstation 5 slim But at the same token, you have to look at the growth of the Xbox week over week, because this means Microsoft is supplying the region with, you know, meaningful stock. Because you can look at some previous weeks where the Xbox is in the, you know, few hundred sales. So even to be in the low thousands means Xbox and Microsoft are allocating systems to the region where in previous months they weren't putting that much there. So this is a good trend for Microsoft because they do see potential in the area, even if this may just be temporary for the holiday. And, you know, they do have those Japanese-oriented games coming to Game Pass this month with Like a Dragon and Persona 5 Tactica. So I think the takeaway should be beyond just beating the PlayStation 5, that Microsoft is shipping, I guess we could say, meaningful supply to the region, even if it is just in the area of three to 4,000 sales a week, but when you take that over the span of a month, you know, 12,000, 15,000 Xboxes a month is pretty substantial movement for Microsoft in that region, and it does show growth and commitment to the Japanese market, and that's what you want to see from the company, especially as they make these deals with Atlas, Square Enix, Capcom to get some games day one on Game Pass. So if this is a sign that Microsoft is committing more to the region, I think that's something that Xbox fans should look to celebrate, regardless if the platform beats out the PlayStation 5 week to week. Just look at the growth the platform is having and look to that and celebrate, you know, that reason. Don't only celebrate because the PlayStation 5 had no stock and you beat it the fourth time in the last three years. Just look at the overall growth for the platform and applaud what Microsoft's efforts are doing in that respective region.
0: I will point out they have now crossed five hundred and twenty thousand systems sold lifetime as tracked by Famitsu. So that does put it well above the Xbox one at this point, which I think there it's ahead by fifty or sixty thousand units, something like that for the Xbox One's life. And I mean, we know that the Xbox series will probably run for say another five years based on Microsoft's own projections in the twenty twenty eight. So it's it, I don't want to say it's it's going to happen, but it is possible. It's possible. The Xbox series does mm-hmm. touch a million systems sold in Japan, and that would be, for Microsoft, mm-hmm. a, a, an incredible feat at this point for how badly they hurt themselves with yeah. on Xbox One in the region.
1: Yeah, I'd say that would be a pretty substantial win for them if they hit a million in the region. And I think that's largely going to come down to them just allocating enough systems to the region to sell to achieve that figure. And it just comes down to them being able to have you know, steady supply and not, you know, redistributing the hardware into more demanding markets, be the U S Europe or whatever. If you can just supply the region and you maintain, let's say 2000 sales a week, you will get to that million mark. And that's what Japanese partners want to see because all of a sudden that gives them reason to believe come next generation that you've laid a foundation in the Japanese market and there could be potential for further growth going into that next generation hardware. And it's never going to be the dominant platform in the region, not when Nintendo has a hybrid system there, but if Microsoft can just have a meaningful presence, even if it's just, you know, five, 8% of the overall market there, that's enough to get the attention of those bigger partners in Japan, like a Square Enix, where they could commit, or even an Atlas where they'll say, okay, here's the next mainline Persona game we're going to ensure we have it on your platform because you do have some sort of market share in the region that we prioritize and we, we want you there. So this is good for Microsoft and it shows strength to their partners that they are ready to commit. So let's see what they can do.
0: Speaking of partners with Microsoft, looks like uh, they're getting a lot more comfortable with Sony here. Look at that. Oh there gosh. we go. We have the Call of Duty MW3 PlayStation 5 Slim Bundle Mm -hmm. coming out next week. Uh, The 10th is the rumored date, I believe. $500, which means that technically Call of Duty is just bundled in with it. Like, just outright. Hey, The systems are already $500. You're also getting the $70 version of Call of Duty that is just going to be a code. (laughs) But still, I mean, it's... It, we're back to the days of actually getting a game basically for free with the system. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas hey. I feel like we're so used to a lot of games still just being charged on top of the system, even if yeah. it's in a bundle.
1: I mean, it's a very, very generous bundle by Sony and Activision.
0: This is an awkward bundle, isn't it right now?
1: <laughs> a little bit.
0: I mean, think about it, because it is, I mean, right? Okay, so I, I mentioned this to you before we started the podcast, but when, uh, so they, they, of course, send out the codes for Call of Duty, and, you know, you get it, and I looked at the, they put out their whole PR statement for it, and I look at it, and they they definitely, in a, a paraphrase, called Call of Duty Microsoft's release so it is it is funny that they're already doing it they're already saying hey this is the first one released uh, under microsoft and it's it's like yeah i mean yeah technically it is
1: technically you're right and at the same time you know microsoft really put in a lot of resources and time into this call of duty release in that span of owning the company for all of two weeks
0: (laughs) hey they had to sign a lot of paperwork all right yeah they (laughs) this but hey i mean look it's right there it's Call of Duty, that's Microsoft's product, right? And it's bundled in there with a PS5 system from Sony, a Sony product. We have a bundle that has them combined, a big AAA release for the holiday. And the interesting thing about this, Nate, (laughs) is while I understand Spider-Man is going to be a big driver for Sony this holiday, Mm -hmm. it's hard to argue against Call of Duty maybe being the biggest driver for PlayStation this holiday.
1: Yeah, this bundle is going to move a lot of units in the month of November, especially because it is partnered with that slim hardware where people are going to, you know, go out. Maybe they're looking to, I'll use air quotes, upgrade from their launch PS5 to this model where they're going to rebuy. They're going to go with the bundle because they want Call of Duty. So this is going to move a lot of systems. So I guess you could, in theory, make the argument that Microsoft had a system selling game for Sony this holiday.
0: But so funny thing with that though is uh we had that Spider-Man bundle right with the old PS5 mm-hmm. word is there's going to be a slim Spider-Man bundle next next week as well
1: if, if you bought that first bundle <laughs> do you feel slighted at this point
0: well you don't get the cool plates it's not I think it's just going to be this it's basically look at this picture Spider-Man logo Spider-Man game same kind of PS5 I don't know the prices though. That's the word right now is that there will be a yeah. Spider-Man bundle next week. Also, I think that one weird though. The date, from what I've heard on that, is the eighth of November. Two days before this Call of Duty one. What? A, what a, wow. That's the. I mean, we'll see next week, but that's just what uh, that's just what's going around right now. What I've heard. So that is. Uh, it's going to be weird, little, oh, yeah, but I mean, a... we know Sony is trying hard to hit 25 million PS5s this fiscal uh-huh. year. Microsoft's got their back with Call of Duty.
1: Yeah, Microsoft's saying, <laughs> we'll, we will assist you in getting your goal.
0: <laughs> it was, it was just I, I laughed a bit when I saw the PR statement for that with the code. I was like, ah, that's okay, sure.
1: such a weird PR statement. I
0: guess. I guess. Why not? Take the victory lap.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you're technically right, and, you know, being technically right is the best right to be,
0: but... They got the court documents to prove it.
1: Man, like, hey, there's Microsoft's first release of Call of Duty. They've owned the company for, what, 18 (laughs) days. They had no say in this game. They had no say in this bundle. They had no say in marketing this game. But, yeah, take the victory, Microsoft. And... I know we're an Xbox show. People listening are Xbox fans, but the day I see Twitter and people are going to post up saying, "Oh, Microsoft had the highest selling game of 2023," and they cite Call of Duty, I will be shaking my head.
0: <laughs> hey, that's uh,
1: like you're right, but come on, it, come it on. is
0: pretty. It is pretty funny though to, to see that. Like, i just really? i just like the way that they were like it's microsoft this is microsoft's game now <laughs> it wasn't two weeks ago it is now it's ours yeah, it wasn't,
1: wasn't when we started marketing game but today it is the second we gave you a review code remember this is a microsoft game make sure you mention it in all your streams oh man
0: <laughs> let's uh let's let's talk a little bit about microsoft with their financials because they did they did release them and the big one that i was really interested in had to do with their obviously with xbox although they do talk about how much money they make everywhere else which is an incredible amount like they almost make they almost make the amount of money they spend on activision blizzard and they do that in like a quarter it's ridiculous how much money microsoft will will pull in from all their all their other stuff their cloud their office stuff it's windows it's, it's absolutely bananas but they did talk a bit about xbox and it, there's there's two angles to this because on on one side Xbox was up with software. Like I, I saw it, I said, okay, okay, the overall gaming revenue is up like nine percent. It's like great, that, that sounds good. And apparently software was the thing that really drove this, that was up, but hardware was down again and it's been down consistently year, like quarter over quarter. And as mm-hmm. uh, a little, because they're kind of trending in the wrong direction for hardware, but the right direction in terms of software, which I understand software is what these companies want to make the most money or sell the most in terms of software. That is the most important mm-hmm. part. Right. But when you hear that their hardware declined 7%, for example, um, but their content and services increased 13%. You go, okay, so are, are they trending to be more of just a software company? If the hardware isn't necessarily moving off of store shelves, like they, they obviously don't they want that to be positive. They want to continue trending upwards in year three of the system's life because Nintendo and Sony, they, they I mean, Sony is up tremendously right now in terms of their hardware but Microsoft isn't. However, their software is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So is, I, are, are we trending tough. towards Microsoft just being a software company for gaming as well?
1: I'd say Microsoft has kind of trended in that direction intentionally over the last few years, especially with the advent of Game Pass and their persistence on saying, we don't care where you play our games as long as you are invested in our ecosystem, they've always viewed the Xbox as just that means of delivery. Cause mm-hmm. they want game pass on every device they can put it on. And they don't care where we consume their product, be it PC via steam or, you know, the windows game, whatever they call it on the PC, or if it's on the Xbox, they just want you to be able to consume their product in some way. So to see hardware go down, which when you really look at what Microsoft had offered up to the point for their report, they didn't really they still really don't have a hardware mover beyond, I guess you could say, Starfield. They've released a lot of quality software, be it Hi-Fi Rush, Pentiment, Starfield, Forza, but I don't think they as a overall collection are enough for an individual to go out and purchase something like an Xbox Series X at full price. But if you already have a capable PC, you're likely to entertain the idea of going to Game Pass and then purchasing to get early access to the game that Microsoft is publishing. To see a surge of their software sales, I'd say that was mostly expected because in the first half of 2023, they have put out some quality games. Redfall is really the, you know, outlier there in terms of quality. For hardware to be down, especially last year where one of the complaints and Phil Spencer admitted it, you know, on his own, they didn't have much in terms of software throughout the entirety of 2022, Mm. but they were selling hardware based on that promise of what is to come. And we're beginning to see that promise be fulfilled with Starfield, Forza. You have Avowed and Hellblade 2 just over the horizon, Fable and Perfect Dark, beyond that. But again, it comes down to Microsoft doesn't care how or where you play these games. So as they do pivot to more of that software service side of the industry, we really have to look beyond hardware numbers alone. And we have to look at Game Pass subscription numbers. We have to look at their software revenue and that percentage because that's where their focus is now and it's hard for the industry to really wrap their head around that conversation because naturally the one thing that people will look at would be hardware numbers and that's how you've always you know determined a winner you look at hey PlayStation 5 is at let's say 45 million systems the Xbox series line is at 30 million systems you'd say well the PlayStation is winning but if Microsoft is finding profits and higher profits through Game Pass and software sales and what Sony could potentially be seeing, that kind of reverses the script a little bit where Microsoft might be more successful than Sony, but it's in an, a non-conventional way. And we have to change our thinking of what is success in the video game industry. It's not strictly hardware, it's also software. And Microsoft is making a pivot. And I'm not sure that the gaming community is really ready to have that conversation that as Microsoft makes this pivot, hardware becomes less and less important to them because if it is just a conveyance of delivery, it really doesn't matter that much in terms of metrics. Like they still want to sell systems because yeah. they, they, you know, they net more revenue by putting it on their own product. And it's an easier way to deliver than have to go out, you know, get a PC, upgrade your PC to play these games. So it, the Xbox box still has importance to the company but their priority has been game pass and software delivery and just getting that on as many devices as possible.
0: I think that's the concern is that if the focus keeps coming off of the Xbox console, eventually there won't be an Xbox console to have focus on at all. That's I think that's kind of a concern. if they keep trending in the wrong direction with their hardware sales, like it's just constantly uh-huh. down 7%, 7% down 8%. Eventually you're not really selling any systems then, I think people are concerned microsoft look around and be like well do we do we need this system still because we're still selling this right. sell on the software like we mm-hmm. could sell on playstation we can sell on xbox Sell on pc we can sell on mac doesn't matter we will make 20 some odd billion dollars in the year no sweat like it's easy <laughs> uh and at that point they might i mean then you almost look at xbox the hardware because it's not cheap to produce ship all the logistics you almost look at it kind of as a as a, as a problem for you, then as something that's more of an obligation, you're like, dude, is this mm-hmm. is this working for? It? I think that's where people are concerned. Like, okay, if the if the hardware keeps declining in terms of sales, and let's say it doesn't, let's say this Xbox Series doesn't outsell the Xbox One, I feel like that's kind of a problem.
1: Yeah, I, I think the initial reaction would be that is a problem because I think the conversation would go to is the xbox as a brand healthy and even if software is selling people are still going to look at say xbox as a brand if you can't sell hardware that is branded strictly as xbox you have to kind of evaluate things but it still comes i think you have to do it in tandem with game pass if game pass is seeing a surge then you could argue the xbox brand is healthy that game pass is doing well it is netting subscribers it is hitting new milestones in its subscription base even if hardware is down compared to the xbox one but ideally i'm sure microsoft would like to have strong xbox series hardware sales even if it isn't their primary focus so we're definitely in a transitionary point for microsoft and the xbox brand and maybe they're trying to discover what the identity of Xbox is going to be moving forward, not necessarily the next generation, but the generation after that. Are right. they going to be a powerhouse in terms of a publisher that has exclusive content on you know, on their product, be it an Xbox box or PC that they have partnered with, or are they gonna go more of that Sega route and just distribute games across all platforms I don't think they'll go that route in the immediate future. I still think they find some value and importance in delivering their own box, but you never know what the future is going to bring. With Activision now included, maybe we see them push the box a little more as that exclusive means to, you know, deliver and convey certain products as those exclusives. But Microsoft is really They're kind of in a spot they've never been in before, where they're almost reinventing themselves. And it feels as though maybe they're still trying to figure out what identity they want to carry with them in the future. And it feels as though they are laying the foundation, not for this generation, but for next generation. And if next generation, they can really bring those deliverables in terms of major exclusives, using some of those Activision IPS or even the IPS that Microsoft is currently trying to resurrect like perfect dark and fable you bring those games out this generation let's just say they are they're good to great but not amazing but now you have interest in that IP again so now you go into the next generation and you build a sequel and the sequel is more grand and now you're going to have a bigger base of interest for them so Microsoft feels as though they're doing they're doing what they should have done when the Xbox one was, essentially abandoned midway through the generation Mm -hmm. that what the series generation should have been of let's refocus let's see where we want to go and phil spencer has done great strides to turn around the xbox brand within those years but this takes several years to you know rebuild everything and we're now laying those bricks so i think microsoft going into the future is going to be far stronger than people recognize because they're they're not strong in the present in the present. Sony is winning, but Microsoft is building for the future and their future could be something that nobody is really ready for. And they could come exceptionally strong where Sony doesn't have an answer. So I think, yeah,
0: what do they do for, what do they do about guitar hero? How are they going to combat that? <laughs> hmm?
1: They create their own.
0: Actually, guitar hero would probably be on PlayStation anyway. <laughs> yeah. They probably <laughs> that's go multi-platform real. with uh, yeah, that. Multi-plat. Like, yeah, we need
1: I'm players. Sure. What do we do? Let's go multi-platform.
0: Pretty much. I mean that 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 game makes a ton of sense on whatever platform it has. Especially
1: (laughs) as a service game. Yeah, put it on everything you can.
0: Yeah. I'm I'll be more curious if the thing that might make me go, oh, maybe they will. The only thing I think that would make me look at the Xbox a bit like, oh, okay, maybe they don't need is if they can legitimately get Game Pass on Nintendo's platform and Sony's platform at the same time without any major restrictions. Mm -hmm
1: that's the yeah, only thing that make yeah. me go
0: okay maybe they don't need the xbox maybe in their mind they're like mm-hmm. i don't need this thing anymore
1: yeah if they go that route then that, i would say that's them basically you know washing their hands of their own traditional committed box
0: but, i don't think that's going to happen i'll be honest i think no. sony is like locked in as like we don't want game pass here apparently yeah apparently tried to approach <laughs> them on it they got their playstation plus situation They that's what they want to mm-hmm. do so that's why i'm like i don't think that'll that that'd be a weird future something went something went wrong somewhere so that's, that's yes. if that ever happened so i uh i don't that think that and in fact microsoft still has like the surface line alive and mm-hmm. i don't think surface is doing a like a lot for microsoft as much as they want it but they still keep it alive so xbox i think is the system itself i think is their best their best line to like the everyday consumer whereas like every other part of microsoft is for corporations office cloud infrastructure with companies Uh, Mm -hmm. this the xbox is that forward-facing everyday consumer product that for entertainment purposes that i I feel like is something they would have a hard time filling in even outside of just just xbox anywhere else on microsoft like they got Mm -hmm. rid of they got rid of pinball on windows xp and that was the other lifeline <laughs> okay so it, it's all xbox which by the way that'd be a that'd be an incredible game pass drop whoever's out there listening if you work Pin at xbox ball. make that internal pitch pinball make that internal pitch i'm telling you people in the you might get a promotion on the spot okay they they might they might just write you up to upper management if you suggest that and you, you're first, welcome. <laughs>
1: first, we need one versus one hundred on
0: Game Pass. Okay, that'd be cool too. That'd be cool too.
1: That will that will net a lot of subscribers. Everyone would be engaged with it. It'd probably be the most played game for I think it'd be years fun. to come.
0: We could do a Patreon episode on that. Get the community involved. That'd be fun. We could. We could fill up a we could fill up a room. that would be cool.
1: We'd come. Yeah, maybe.
0: <laughs> All right, Nate. Let's talk about, uh, this is an interesting one because technically it's a Sony-owned studio, but it mm-hmm. does affect Xbox quite a bit because the game that they produce and have been, I mean, rolling with for a good part of a decade at this point, Destiny 2, seems a little sketchy right now. Some turbulence currently because we we found out that they laid off about 100 jobs eight percent or so of their workforce which went from 1200 to about 1100 or so so bungie is still a very large studio like there it's not like they got rid of half their their staff or something they're still pretty large but eight percent that's still a sizable number for the layoffs at 100 jobs with many of them being apparently in like the like the social media community manager side because obviously they were they were uh they were pretty loud about this on on places like Twitter. And that's how people started to figure it out. And then Jason Schreier started to do his investigative journalism and came out with apparently revenue running 45% below projections for the year. And the chief executive officer, Pete Parsons, was blaming a big miss on weak player ret- retention for Destiny 2, which apparently comes after poor reception since the release of Lightfall, which was the latest expansion now i've looked at destiny 2 from time to time i've tried i tried to get you and like mvg and other people in the spawn i was like i kind of pitched the idea of hey let's download destiny 2 and try it out no one wanted to do it none of you wanted any part of this and i you know i thought about it a little bit i was like why because it it, i mean it's a shooter right you can go through it. you can do the story stuff you could do pvp it's all there then i started to look into the expansions all the content this is not a great game to get people involved right now (laughs) like if you were just starting out with this i get i get why you would just be like "Eh, that maybe i'll wait for the next one or the third one and that third one is not is still not coming so i i think getting new players on board is one of the weakest parts of destiny two right now and something that Bungie would have to figure out but it might be too late at this point however 45 percent down is quite the number that so I assume the biggest thing here Nate people of course online trying to figure out who's to blame Sony Bungie and Mm -hmm. I have to lean heavily into Bungie for this one Looking at all the information that's out there currently, although Sony is, of course, doing a lot of layoffs themselves, and is even mentioned here in the report that there are sweeping budget cuts at Sony. And a lot of companies this year have been laying off and tightening their belts essentially because of the macroeconomic headwinds that are currently happening. But I I got a lot of questions for Bungie right now. Uh So what do you think about this, Nate? When you, when you saw this hit information, 45% down revenue targets, the argument around Sony, Bungie, whoever was, was at fault here.
1: Yeah. I mean, when the report came out, at least the initial report before we really had some of the finer details, it definitely seemed as though this was a Bungie initiative because when you're looking at the positions that were being laid off, it was social media teams. It was artists. These were positions that were not made redundant by the Sony acquisition. These are individuals who have received awards for their social media campaigns and in many ways revolutionized the community managerial role and the social media role that game companies use to interact with the audience. So to go out of your way and lay off these types of individuals definitely was an alarming, you know, alarming state. So it'd be, why would Bungie be doing this? And then the further information came out of the, you know, missing the revenue goal by 45% and such. And that type of information kind of just infuriates one even further, because you are now laying off individuals who had nothing to do with those forecast goals. The individuals who made those are the executives and they should be the ones who are held responsible into that higher standard. So when it comes time to, you know, slash salaries, find means of cutting budget in some way, maybe you should be looking at the executives and their bonuses or anything of that sort saying, you are the ones who failed us. You're the reasons you came out with these outlandish forecast goals that we could never possibly achieve. So you have to have some sort of, you know, punishment in all of this. And it's never going to happen in a capitalistic environment where the exec nope. no executive is going to sit down and say i deserve a pay cut yes i know satoru iwata did it years ago when the wii u was failing and he slashed his salary 50 percent to ensure that there wouldn't be layoffs at ncl
0: that's not happening in the us with these yeah. us companies <laughs> yes yeah, they might get raises in the west yeah
1: they're probably going to get a raise <laughs> saying hey you cut you cut funding and salaries and now we're profitable and that's mm. the thing is that even with some of the reports, none of them came out and said that Bungie is not profitable. It's not as though uh, Bungie I, is.
0: I think one was about the burn rate being maybe higher than,
1: yeah, than Sony maybe. was
0: expecting. Is yeah. The idea it's like, whoa, okay. You guys go through money very quickly over here.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that brings up another curiosity is When the negotiations for acquisition between Bungie and Sony were taking place, did Bungie artificially inflate some of their forecasts for, you know, player retention or what they were anticipating the next expansion pack would bring in in terms of new players to heighten their valuation to Sony to get a higher price in that acquisition? And this is a somewhat standard maneuver. If you're seeking an acquisition, you want to look the best you can to the company who has interest in you. So now you bring up these huge numbers. We're going to hit these goals. These are our targets. We're going to nail them. Well, now the chickens came home to roost and you didn't come close. So it's looking kind of bad for you. And that's definitely if, if I'm Sony, I'm going to start maybe, you know, a little internal investigation of what exactly happened here. How do you miss by 45%? This isn't some trivial figure. When you're well, near 50%, that is a substantial miss where something went wrong and whoever is responsible for that forecast, they should have been the first ones, you know, to be held accountable and laid off. You failed at your job. And the other issue is, and this is an industry issue, games cannot live forever. You cannot chase eternal growth. You're right. Something You're right. has to, at some point, your product is going to have an end. And for Bungie not to see an end in sight for Destiny 2 is troublesome in its its entirely different way. So what happened here? And I've seen some of the reactions from the Destiny 2 base where the last expansion wasn't good. So a lot of people just fell off from the game. And as you said, this is a tough game for new players to come into given all the expansions, the lore, everything that's happened with this game. So if you're Bungie, maybe you should have just been trying to retain a you know a sizable percentage of the base that you currently have instead of just looking for that endless growth because that is a unsustainable practice and this is what happens if you just want to chase growth and some of this comes down to covid where you saw huge boons in population to games because people had nothing to do in 2020 so they were going to games like destiny 2 And these companies looked at that and say, hey, we just saw an increase of 200%. But for some reason, they didn't recognize this is temporary. This is due to lockdowns and such. The base is whatever we were at at 2019. Maybe, you know, some reasonable growth here and there in the 10, 20% range, but not 200%. You can't use 2020 as a new baseline. You should have used that as a ceiling And then say, okay, this is what we were prior to COVID and the pandemic and shutdowns. Let's try to get some growth from that baseline, but we have to anticipate some sort of reduction. And none of these companies seem to anticipate a decline. They just thought there was going to be endless growth and that's just bad business.
0: Well, Sony paid $3.6 billion for Bungie. I was just double checking the number with the press release when it happened. And apparently like 1.2 billion of that was set aside specifically for retention of current employees there and developers, which again, they still have 1100 people there, but it does sound weird when you read that out and then realize they just laid off hundred people. And we talked about, mm-hmm. it was uh there was a lot of people who interacted with the community, which is a strange play. I'll admit this is a strange place to start for a game a live service that is heavily reliant on its community, like interacting and, and mm-hmm. being part of it. That's an odd place to start. I feel like, which once again brings into question, Sony made this purchase. And I think a lot of people look at this and say that they overpaid for Bungie. And look, there were, there were rumors at the time that Microsoft was also looking around at different places and Bungie came up and mm-hmm. obviously they, it didn't happen because Sony bought them. I, I feel like Microsoft might have looked at them, and been like, "Nah, that's 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 more than we need to spend on you guys. We already kind of yeah. know how to do live service stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Sony doesn't. And they bought Bungie kind of in the I assume in the hopes that Bungie can guide them through this yes. live service development. Mm-hmm. Are we are we sure Bungie is that much of an expert at live service games right now? <laughs> I mean, I'm, it's I a good know. question I'm that a bit right now.
1: If I'm Naughty Dog. I'm definitely having a conversation internally oh <laughs> with Sony higher up saying Bungie's the company who came in to evaluate the last of us factions. And they said the game had issues and wasn't good. And that's why the game is currently on ice. Let's reevaluate this without their input and see where the game is. Because I just have a hard time believing that Naughty Dog created a completely inept project.
0: Like a bad game. Yeah, yeah nah, I, I, I just
1: one. can't envision that the game is that much of a mess. Maybe it didn't have enough, you know, let's say monetization that maybe Bungie would have thought should have been there. But I'm definitely having that conversation now if I'm Naughty Dog. Let's reevaluate where we are with this game. Because if there's something there that can come to market, that can be salvaged, because it seemed as though Factions was very deep into development, if not close to release. So let's see. Maybe it can come to market, but you do have to kind of question the expertise of Bungie at this point to at least a certain degree, not necessarily a large degree, but maybe a minor degree of look what happened with destiny 2. They didn't read their own market. Well, so are they necessarily reading the market of factions? Well, and if you're Sony, you also have to look at some of those upcoming projects like marathon of, is this a product we necessarily really want to continue funding? in any way i'm not sure how much sony funding would necessarily be going towards marathon that may have been funding from i believe at the time bungie was getting money from netties and some other outside studios
0: apparently they have another game in development i there's a code name for it as well it's like gummy something i have to double check but they do have another game that's not Mm -hmm. necessarily out there other than its code name and i think it's like gummy bear or something like that (laughs) yeah it's it's something else but it's uh at this point to me guys you got to do destiny 3 like you got to make the move soon like you gotta at least have it planned out figured out how because you i feel like you could transition destiny 2 to destiny 3 clean break but still keep the community intact i feel like that's very possible and then onboard new players like that's what they need to do
1: I'd agree with you a week ago. Mm. I don't agree with you now. Oh, okay. I think this move, especially with the social media move and Mm -hmm. laying off that team, has done some irreparable harm to the brand. And the fact that we know that the pre-orders for their expansion pack that was delayed and is coming out now in June of 2024, if you're a part of the Destiny community and you're seeing how they are treating individuals that you respected, that you interacted with, what motivation do you have now to stay committed to this product and pre-order that next expansion pack
0: it's tough yeah a lot of the a lot of the people so i was like you know i don't i'm not in the destiny 2 like that I, I i tried it when it first came out i went back for the first or second expansion and then i tried it out again when i was trying to get you guys to jump in and i would do like crucible the pvp stuff here mm-hmm. and there so i went around looking to see how people who are really into destiny 2 understand it well play it consistently felt and a lot of them were like yeah the person i knew there got laid off and it's like i don't i don't really know Bungie now like i'm not really sure (laughs) who's running the ship in terms of social Outreach mm-hmm. or, or like, I don't, they're kind of like a faceless company almost to them now. It's very odd. Yeah. So, so yeah, what motivation
1: that a, yeah. does that person have now to stay committed and pre order that next expansion pack? And I'm not saying people are going to go out and boycott the game.
0: People are if, posting up their cancellations for pre orders. I don't know if it's actually a thing okay. like a widespread. People are making a, they're like, hey, I canceled it. Like, and then the people are posting oh. their receipts of the, I don't know if it's like, a million people canceled or something like that, but people are at least feeling the need to show others that they're canceling their pre-order. And that comes from an emotion somewhere. And I assume it is that Mm -hmm. like you're saying, Hey, they let go of all these people that bridge the gap between corporate and gamer, you know, corporate or like this community. And that's that that it's broken now. It's not there anymore. So, yeah.
1: So that's the thing is you kind of pissed off your player base that you need while admitting you're not hitting your pre-order forecast goals now you're likely not going to hit them you can kind of you know roll the dice on once we show our the trailer that people are Mm going to get hyped and excited and they're going to come back to the game but i also saw a lot of reactions online where people were saying that last expansion was not good and it was enough for them to bounce off the game so that might be a hell of a gamble to assume that you're going to have a hype trailer and bring people back in and it really feels like this is like a PR nightmare for Bungie. You're not hitting your revenue goals. You just pissed off the base that you need to achieve those goals. How are you going to get there now?
0: Yeah, and this is one of the biggest games on the Xbox right now. And uh, I don't, I don't know about this one. This looks the future for Bungie looks a, a bit. It looks shaky right now. I mean, it looks... It's it's, exceptionally
1: shaky. I mean, you have some of those preliminary impressions about Marathon that, you know, I'm not going to take them for all that much worth at the moment. But you had individuals saying, oh, I had fun. Others were saying, this game was not that good. We don't know enough about the game. We haven't really seen the game. So I'm not going to take that testimony. They usually hold those focus groups. To,
0: they'd rather get the negative feedback from those focus groups yeah, than everyone so telling can, them it's incredible, right? They would like, right. tell get the tell negatives me bad to fix about it. this game. Yeah.
1: But there's an ongoing pattern here with Bungie that I think a lot of people have been taking notice of. When they were under Microsoft, they did want to get out. They want to go out. They want to make, you know, Destiny. And they partnered with Activision. Then under their tenure with Activision, they began to get frustrated and they wanted their freedom. They got their freedom and then they, you know, did Destiny 2. too. There's something about the management at Bungie that just doesn't seem stable. And this feels as though this is another case of the management at Bungie failing in some way. And it's under new leadership with Sony. And yes, Bungie does operate largely independent. Where Sony's over, you know, overhead isn't that much in terms of direct involvement. But it feels as though Bungie is just not a not a well-run company where they're they not get great frustrated at frustrated and they make mistakes and it just feels as though it just amplifies that once again something is wrong at Bungie, and it's not a good future. And I'm wondering what the future for the company really is under Sony. Is Sony going to green light? passion projects of theirs, like marathon in the future, or is Bungie going to be relegated to, you know, some other type of studio for them? Are they going to become that just live service assistant studio? Are they going to become an asset studio?
0: Should they they be a live service assistant studio right now?
1: I mean, based on this, you'd say no. And considering the unknown future of live service games under Sony in general, and let's say, you know, in a hypothetical scenario, sony comes out and they never release a live service game what value does bungie now have to you
0: yeah that feels like a miss if that's the case or if all these live service games come out and none of them hit and the one that you cancel let's say you put on ice maybe that in an alternate universe that was the one that actually worked (laughs) man that that's 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 wild to me
1: it's a weird thing where i could see that bungie Let's say five to seven years from now what bungie is today may not be the studio they are in five years they could be significantly reduced to something you, else and
0: you know what's interesting though Nate, you made a good point that they they were with microsoft they they did enough halo they wanted to go do something else they break away right. they go to activision they're with them for a while they're like you know what mm, we kind of want our independence we're gonna break away but then after a while they go to sony and it, it i almost wonder we don't know because you don't know the books or anything i almost wonder if they themselves (laughs) realized that their burn rate was high and basically unsustainable and they were like oh we gotta go we gotta go find somebody right now we gotta we gotta get purchased we gotta figure this out
1: yeah because when when you're a company like bungie pre-sony acquisition and you are now publishing a game yourself you don't have any extra you know assistance your main income now is just destiny to and those expansions but now when you're taking years to develop new expansions and let's say you're not bringing in new individuals who are purchasing cosmetics or just the content you're putting out you don't have revenue coming in and you have that high burn rate because you're creating new content and that's why they sought out some of those outside you know spon- uh, you know funding like from Neties and such And that's why you enter conversations with, be it Microsoft or Sony, for a potential acquisition. No company that is healthy is looking for an acquisition. A company looking for an acquisition along the size of a Bungie-type company is because they know if we don't get funding, we have to close our doors. We can't maintain what we're doing for long. We need a life raft. Who's going to throw it to us? Sony came in, evaluated it. And said you guys are worth 3.6 billion dollars little over a year later they Why might they... be sitting there saying we may <laughs> have overspent for you
0: yeah what's what? that quote that what's that quote that uh jim ryan said about activision and bungie i don't recall <laughs> um, i think it was something along the lines of uh they oh bungie offers way more value than activision does for xbox
1: may not age well
0: yeah i'm thinking that's not gonna age well (laughs) right now it seems like they gotta spend money to put out a fire right now and i yeah i remember
1: at the time when the acquisition was made official of bungie a lot of people even then were saying it feels as though sony overpaid for what they're getting because the future of destiny is definitely a situation of uncertainty is it always going to remain popular what else does bungie really have for them you come up with marathon is marathon yeah. going to be a huge hit for Bungie, or is this going to be a game that comes to all platforms and just kind of oh lands it's going like all platforms yeah.
0: yeah yeah it's going all platforms. but it's an extraction shooter and i heard that i'm like uh
1: it uh, feels as though yeah. Bungie is chasing the trends of a few years ago and hoping that it's still hot when they finally deliver yeah i don't know
0: i i heard extraction shooter i'm like uh, okay i guess yeah i i feel like if they did that same trailer same kind of look in it because i mean it it does kind of still have that destiny look and at the end instead of marathon it said destiny 3 i think people would have lost their mind right that'd have been crazy so that's i feel like that was the natural step but they uh they went with marathon so i don't know hedge their bets with just more more game types but i feel like they may have waited too long with destiny Two, and they're going to pay for it because if they got to go to june for this next expansion that means Mm -hmm. that okay so the next season starts uh this month i think at the end of this month november they're gonna go six to seven months before they get to that one and that is twice the length of what their typical season length is so it's gonna Uh, you're gonna they're gonna feel it the player base is gonna look at that and be like okay Mm -hmm. this is You're still waiting. I
1: I hate to say it. Some might say it's a bias. and I I assure you it's not a bias. But isn't it ironic that Bungie is now in decline while 343 is rising with Halo Infinite?
0: Ah, that's a bias. (laughs) no no. i almost wonder if uh more let's say bungie developers or staff leave if they end up at 343 at this point and 343 just slowly turns into this weird hybrid like bungie (laughs) studio
1: i mean there's definitely a lot of overlap between the two where people who are leaving 343 would go to bungie those who would leave bungie would end up at 343 kind of a revolving door situation and you know if 343 is hiring and some of the individuals who have left or Could potentially consider leaving Bungie, have an opportunity to go through for you know, go to 343. I wouldn't be too surprised, but it's definitely a unique change of circumstance where Bungie seems to do no wrong. 343 was doing everything wrong, and now the rules are reversed. 343 is gaining a little more respect with all the changes and improvements they've made to Halo Infinite since the game launched, and Destiny 2 is cratering and this recent layoff debacle is not doing bungie any favors
0: i guess it's worth checking destiny 2's chart for how many players are playing it just see if it's changed some people are mentioning that it has changed uh a bit uh it's uh, it's low but it's not like wow incredible. i mean yeah yeah, technically okay yeah it's it's like one of the lowest it's ever been i'll take that okay yeah it's, it's the lowest one of the lowest it's ever been right now yeah. So is it like a
1: arch crash?
0: It's just on, this is just on Steam mm-hmm. and it's at like 51,000 concurrent players right now. But like, for example, I think when in February, they had 316,000 players a day and wow. it's bouncing all over the place. But I uh, I feel like, you can definitely feel the the player center you don't have to look at that chart to tell online that there is a drop off in player sentiment right now Mm -hmm. and it's kind of reflecting in the charts as as well so see how that trends
1: moving forward see if it okay here we go here's the the, here's
0: the week day week okay yeah right now it's kind of low it's uh for for destiny what we're used to seeing with them Mm -hmm. i mean thursday was twenty three thousand people on this is on steam Eh, yeah that's what was it
1: what was it like a month ago
0: uh let me see week i got a week i got a week 40 40 50 34 i mean you can see that you can definitely see it trending down as it gets closer to this time but it's still it's still like squiggling around i mean wow at one point it was like seventy-five hundred. that looked is that when all the news started breaking no, as no, that was, that was Halloween, I think. <laughs> yeah, October 31st. You can see, like, a complete crater at uh, nighttime, October 31st. That's funny. Yeah, Halloween. There you go. There you go. Uh, and just, just to be fair, Halo Infinite. I will pull up Halo Infinite, just to be fair, since you mentioned them. And look at that. Halo Infinite sitting at 11,452 people right now on Steam.
1: Hey, that's not too bad because i believe when the new season dropped it went up to about twelve thousand. so it seems to be a nice maintaining that base level
0: there you go there you go uh, they got a lot of work to do i'll be curious to see how they approach this season coming up and then they got to come up with something to bridge the gap to the next the final uh, expansion thing they're doing and then they got to figure out what to do after that because it's 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 not looking great right now for bungie but i almost wonder if sony starts to take a more hands-on approach here soon
1: I and mean, it's possible but as we know I and mean, they have marathon they have that other game
0: marathon East...
1: 2025 now yep so i mean that's the thing bungie in their pipeline could have games until 2026 so at what point does sony really you know intervene and say hey we got to see something i guess i mean they
0: they had to have kind of intervened already if if okay so the way i figure it worked between them and Bungie sony and bungie Sony goes, hey, here's how much money you guys are spending. Here's where we need it to be. Figure it out. And then I assume Mungie was like, all right, start laying people off. I assume that's kind of how the relationship went. I don't think Sony came in and started pulling people out of their guest right. chairs or something. Like, you're out, you're out, you're out. I think it was just they gave them a basic guideline as to how, yeah, like, you have how to reduce. Money, 10%, what do you have to get to? It? What is your expense? Yeah, yeah figure it reduce out. Reduce this and much. They said, it's up to you right.
1: guys who goes.
0: Yeah, so I think that's how it works. So Sony's kind of already been like very generally involved, but yeah, they like gave we just a saw Microsoft guideline pull and... Yeah, we see Microsoft rain in Bethesda a little bit there underneath of uh, what Matt Booty. I don't mm-hmm. know, it, it makes me wonder if Sony goes, hmm, maybe you see, that was in the... the next year we should start observing them a bit more. So that
1: was the curious thing in the report as well, is that Bungie had essentially said the positions that they laid off Will now be outsourced, so it was really a case of, okay, this is how much these individuals are cost costing us. We can outsource for a fraction of the price.
0: Yep, yep.
1: Really, not good optics there.
0: No, <laughs> no, it's it's definitely not. Not, n- definitely not when not. you
1: sold the you know only about a year and a half prior for three billion dollars.
0: <laughs> well, you saw you, and then the one point two billion for uh, employee retention. But yeah. you did see the the CEO show up on twitter and it the way that they worded it was weird it's they were like we it kind of sounded like it wasn't they didn't want to do it (laughs) yeah they 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 kind of tried to fly (laughs) like like
1: (laughs) i don't know how it happened it happened i'm sorry it happened (laughs) and then you had in the report that a memo went out where he told the employees who weren't laid off that they were like the cream of the crop and they were the important ones that made destiny destiny you know all that it was it was kind of a You can't go to the office and say, you're all here because you're great. Because everyone's going to look at you saying, you just fired my best friend. Yeah,
0: they said like we kept the right people or something like
1: that. Yeah, like that is such a tone deaf statement to make to the individuals that you didn't lay off because everyone was probably reading it or hearing it saying to themselves, fuck you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're probably right. (laughs) I mean, you're not you're not
1: hearing that and saying, I feel appreciated.
0: Uh, Nothing, nothing develops a game or expansion better than uh, uh, low morale developers right now. Like, how's everyone?
1: How's everyone's morale today? I hate where I work.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I'm sure that won't find its way into a game with some crazy Easter egg. Stay tuned.
1: Yeah, I could get some crazy armor.
0: Oh, you know, there's gonna be something in there at this point.
1: yeah, someone's gonna like go behind a wall, and you're gonna see just an employee with a huge memo. Like, uh, what was the game? Sports Story? Where <laughs> they had the secret room? Oh yeah, they had the crunch. room
0: that yeah, the Crunch Room or whatever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then it just got yeah. patched out, and they never acknowledged it. Like, like you didn't see it, but we did. No, you didn't.
0: Or there was the whole thing with Metal Gear Solid Five, where they had like Kojima was kind of in there as someone you could find, but then there was also messages from the staff. About yeah. like how much they like Kojima and like how much they hate Konami and stuff, and it was like all hidden in there. And Konami <laughs> obviously wouldn't know because they're like the you know the suits and stuff. That, that was that was pretty funny <laughs> stuff like that. You never know. That might we'll be a on. reason
1: to invest in that that expansion pack next June. See what <laughs> hidden messages the development team <laughs> left for the management.
0: Hey, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, they did also release a they did release a statement uh, earlier as well, but it was really didn't say much. They didn't. Confirm or deny the delays that were reported, and they just said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna push forward. We're gonna bridge the darkness into the light." And that's it. So <laughs> not much. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I I feel like every week they do uh like community stream or message and stuff. So I guess next week they might do it again. This week in Destiny, uh, I don't know. Well, maybe they'll have something better next next week. Nate. You played Alan Wake 2. You also played Justsant. Can you quickly mm-hmm. tell us about both of these games?
1: Justsant is from Don't Nod, famed developer of Life is Strange.
0: It's oh, a... I do want to. I do want to mention real quick. Uh, Justsant, we had a review code provided by yes. Xbox for Nate to check it out early. Mm-hmm. Good Nate.
1: Yeah, it's, it's very. It's kind of a palate cleanser. Very different from everything else that has been coming out, like a Spider-Man, Alan Wake, even Mario Wonder. It's a slower game that gives you opportunity to reflect. You're climbing, you have peaceful music, there are discoveries to be made with letters and such. You're exploring the area, and it's just kind of a meditative experience. I find it very similar to Tequila Works Rhyme where there is like no dialogue or anything. It's just this very peaceful, tranquil setting that you just go out and do your thing and you make your discoveries. And it's very, I mean, it's very delightful for what it is.
0: The whole game it's, is about climbing? Yeah. Oh. I mean, there's do letters you,
1: you where you there sc- is a story to it that's being Do you told. scale like a mountain? You're kind of just climbing like a cliff cliffside
0: oh okay all right so it's, not, it's not like a celeste place. or anything everything takes place on this like this one location this one cliff or mountaintop mm-hmm. or whatever it is you're climbing it, yeah. that's it, does it change like have you changed yes. like environments or anything okay
1: yeah you do get like access to some like creatures that will make certain things kind of bloom and blossom and there's like wildlife and such on the climb that will interact and you'll see them scurry about and such So it is like a very living environment and you go to certain base camps and things where you'll find letters from previous climbers telling their story, or even the story of just the game in general of what had happened and things like that. So I think Rhyme is a really good example of what you would expect from this style of game, very different from Don't Nod's previous games like Life is Strange or even Vampire. It's just a very serene experience that if you're a fan of Journey, Mm-hmm. You definitely find enjoyment here you so with salt?
0: So think of that. It's journey with climbing. Green here. Oh, it is it? Okay. Yeah, it's a journey, so it's but journey? you climb okay.
1: instead of you know sand surf.
0: Okay, I can deal with that. Let me see. It's not
1: a long game. It's only about you could probably finish it in about four hours, maybe five.
0: Four hours, maybe five? hmm okay that's not bad let me see it doesn't
1: overstay its welcome
0: all right some of just playing there yeah okay yeah you can see how the i see the art style is there. interesting too yeah mm-hmm.
1: yeah i mean as you get higher and stuff the setting the atmosphere does evolve
0: Oh, they actually grab onto each individual rock and ledge and stuff too yeah huh?
1: you use the uh, l and r trigger for each hand so you hold down oh. the r trigger if you want to grasp release it to move the to move your hands it has a lot of different climbing mechanics and stuff yeah you jump and you can do a double jump
0: double jump <laughs> i mean okay cool uh, interesting art style there for that with don't
1: Yeah, and like the environmental puzzles are there. Some of it would just be find the right path in terms of your climb. You can swing and such.
0: But it's very I heard it's not a super long game either, though. So that's definitely a good one on Game Pass to pick up. Just try something Mm -hmm. new. So I I might get a chance to try that out some way. A lot of stuff's just been hitting, so I've been stretched kind of thin with these games. Yeah,
1: it's not a long game, it's not an overly difficult game. Very accessible. But yeah, definitely it's a palate cleanser.
0: Is, nice enjoyable any com- is there any combat in or it just is all climbing? Just climbing. Oh wow. Okay. Well, there you go. There you go. So it's kind of like a you said a relaxing kind of game. So hmm, interesting. Yeah. Any any jumps that made you kind of like tense up a bit, like anything like that?
1: <laughs> One area, but it's because of the area I was trying to jump to, I wasn't supposed to. I was doing this radical swing where I thought I had to climb and grab like a, a back of an airplane type of thing. Oh, it's just because right. I was missing the path I was supposed to climb on. So I was swinging like a madman trying to get up there and he wasn't grabbing it. Yeah, I was kind of getting frustrated. I was like, this is clearly where I'm supposed to go. And eventually I figured out that I was supposed to go somewhere else.
0: All right. Tell me tell me about Alan Wake 2 because you've been raving about this game.
1: Alan Wake 2.
0: I did start to, it by the where way. start? So I started it. I played like. 40 50 minutes or something i then paused it right put it into rest mode on this ps5 back here come back turn the ps5 on open up alan wake 2 the the game the game's just it, i don't know what happened i went to continue and it just started me back at the beginning of chapter one <laughs> I, I don't know what happened it didn't save anything that's weird so and then i said all right i'm gonna play spider-man 2 and platinum that here we are oh, oh i did also start that's Star Ocean earlier go on hey star ocean's pretty cool. Hey. Alan Wake 2. Guy. Yep.
1: I will start by saying I, as I was playing prior to the patch they just released, I did have some audio issues on the Xbox okay. where I was playing the introductory. Sequence and I lost all audio and I wasn't sure if it was intentional in terms of game design. And then I realized it wasn't.
0: It's <laughs> an artsy games get you. It's yeah. not a, it's not a bug, it's a feature. Yeah, I
1: was like, I'm like, this could be a feature. I'm in a dark place, I'm a naked man walking through the woods. I was like, maybe this okay, is a be Yeah, I did play sound. that part.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. And then it started a cutscene, and the individuals were clearly talking, and I didn't have any audio, and that's when I realized there was a problem. So I had to quit out restart the game and it had fixed the problem i have run into the issue a few more times and it seemed to be resolved by just pausing the game for a few seconds and then resuming and it picked up with audio and everything as though nothing had happened i believe it has been patched now but the game itself is just phenomenal it is one of the best horror games in probably the last decade plus everything Mm -hmm. about it is just masterfully crafted the the visuals are definitely among the best if not the best that this generation has to offer
0: i it's... what from what i played it, it appeared like it was going to be a slower kind of game um, like er, everything was just moving i don't want to say in slow motion but it's they they definitely take their time i think i guess it's about just trying to build the the ambiance, the the environment that you're yeah doing. the tension everything Ooh, the tension. um but it does feel like they definitely took inspiration just for, again from the short time i was playing and kind of the, the controls and stuff definitely took inspiration from what capcom was doing with something mm-hmm. like resident evil where they they took that and they changed it all up so it was kind of that over the yeah. look uh, compared to what we play with alan wake anyway mm-hmm. but uh i mean visually speaking you're right even like the earlier parts you get out and you're like oh, okay yeah this is uh yeah. this is definitely a next gen yeah. game is what mm-hmm. i'll say
1: and it's, the gameplay is just sublime. When you play as, when you play as the FBI agent and you're doing the detective work, you're just you're searching the scene for clues. You're investigating the clues, kind of like a Phoenix Wright type of thing. And you go to the bulletin board where you put it up, kind of similar to like a jigsaw puzzle. Do you
0: go to that room a lot in the game? Because it's like in her mind, right? You go into this room right. and then you can try to sort everything out. Do you go to there a lot? Like it seems like you teleport from the main game to that. Uh, And it's almost like it was trying to tell you, hey, this is always here for you if you need it. You go
1: somewhat fairly often, not to the point where it is obtrusive, but you do go as you get new information and you need to find new leads, you will go there. And I mean, you could say it slows down the pacing a little bit, but you can go through it pretty quick where you just have to put the picture alongside the corresponding area. So this new path opens up and you can look at your quest or your missions so you can further advance through the story there. And then that's only during her segments. When you play as Alan Wake, he does have a similar mind space where it's where he's writing the story and that can alter Mm. the scene that you're in. So in one of the areas, it would be a case of a you're in a train depot, a subway station, and you have to get through a certain area. So he writes that the tunnel had collapsed and that would be, that now creates the opening that you can navigate through.
0: Ah, that's interesting. So you
1: do interact with the world and you have to change certain things so you can solve a sequence to advance and stuff like that. And it gets really engaging the deeper you get into the game. Eventually you do hit a point where you can swap between the two main characters and there's no wrong way to play the game. You could go through her story entirely before playing Alan's or you could play through Alan's and then go back to her. So you do have that freedom of choice there. But the game really hit a high for me the other night where I hit a sequence. I won't spoil. If you've played the game, you know, the sequence I am referring to. It is one of the greatest sequences I have experienced in gaming in 2023. The amount of joy and love and passion Remedy put into Alan Wake 2 was exemplified in this one sequence I went through it with just a smile on my face in pure astonishment of what was happening I've never seen anything like this in a game before there may be one sequence from control that is similar but this is on a whole nother level and it was spectacular it's an Mm -hmm. area that I had to i did a a manual save before it so i could replay it
0: wow okay
1: because it was just like a wow look at what is happening in this game but everything about the game is really just well refined it is polished except for the audio issues but like the shooting some people say the game is slow and pacing but Alan Wake 1 wasn't exactly a fast-paced game either. Right. It's about the atmosphere, the tension, the, the setting, the build-up. And when you're playing this, it's definitely slower-paced as the FBI because it's more of a detective side there. There are boss battles and such. When you're Alan, it's a little quicker pace, but it's still environmental puzzles you're solving and things. Overall, though, I think the game is well-paced. I'd say it's in the top three games of 2023 it may be wow. my game of the year once you're going to throw this into the game of the year it.
0: conversation oh absolutely it's getting crowded in there
1: it and it deserves it getting
0: crowded, this is a okay.
1: this is a special game this is kind of I that think, once a generation I think type right, of though, with
0: this with remedy what we saw with control does kind of get the nod from uh critics and judges at these mm-hmm. events so i wouldn't be shocked if alan wake 2 takes one of those six spots at the game awards
1: oh it will without question
0: Okay. Wow. Without okay. High question, praise it's getting for there. Too. High praise. Okay. Okay. This
1: game. This game is something special. The fact that there's not a physical release is just a damn shame.
0: They've been asking about it. that. If people really want it.
1: Yes. So. I would double. Maybe do.
0: partner with like Limited Run or something.
1: Somebody get involved because this game deserves as big of an audience as it can get. It. This is what video games are meant to be. Hmm. There's so much uh, passion and love in this project, and even Sam Lake's performance in the game, it feels as though it's him getting ready to perform as Max Payne. It was funny when remasters. you first start the game
0: up; you're driving in the car <laughs> with the the girl, right? Saga, and you turn over, and mm-hmm. it's like, "There's Max Payne next to you." Okay, <laughs> like I, I, for, I can, I can never not see him as Max Payne. He's just he's always yeah. Max. In <laughs> and that's the thing. In. And that's the
1: funny thing is that you have Sam Lake in the game, but his voice character, his voice actor in the game is the man who voices Max Payne.
0: Oh gosh. That's what I mean. It's like, so I it's mean, like, I'm meta. like are they going to link this? Are they linking this to Max Payne?
1: <laughs> There's so many Easter eggs in this game to control Max Payne and prior yeah. remedy games. It just, it feels as though it's a love letter from mm-hmm. remedy to their fans for thanking them for all of their, you know, support. Over the years, for their games, you you have nods to Quantum Break, even if it isn't directly wow. related here. There's okay. just so much love in this game, and like if you weren't a fan of Alan Wake One, mm-hmm. there's still plenty to enjoy here. If you enjoyed Control, you will love Alan Wake Two.
0: Okay, good stuff. Good stuff. Highly recommended it's... from Nate. I will play it. Yes, some at some point. I'm trying. I'm trying over here. <sighs> try. There's a lot of stuff hit. Star Ocean's actually pretty sick. I'll give it credit. So, <laughs> it's um, not Alan Wake
1: 2. It's not yeah, Alan I know. Wake 2. I need to
0: I need to get through that. Apparently it's like a 15-hour game for Alan Wake 2, so I need to just just get start start moving through that one, but I don't know. I feel like December is going to be a good month to try to revisit a lot of games cuz mm-hmm. outside of uh what Avatar I think uh, I think it's gonna be pretty open. I hope it's gonna be open. Just kind of go back and could play. I wanted to try to play almost all the games that are gonna be in the game of the year conversation or nominated when mm-hmm. we get that. Which when did those nominations go up? That's usually a month before, right?
1: It could be as early as next week.
0: Is that next week?
1: Now, the game awards are December seventh. So wouldn't the it be nominee. next week? Let me
0: see real quick when the 2022 ones were announced,
1: it should be in the next two weeks. At, uh,
0: okay. Here are the November 14th, 2022 is the, is the date for the, um the video that they put out on the game awards channel for the nomination announcements. So it is okay. in about, yeah, about two weeks, two weeks, less than two weeks, week and a half.
1: All right. So we will know what, what is going to be nominated. All the cat. I, this sounds far-fetched, but I wouldn't be too surprised to see Alan Wake nominated in the best soundtrack.
0: Interesting. Okay. Okay, fair enough. That's going to be it. It's going to be fun to see the nominee nominees and stuff in this kind of a year. Whoo! it's going to be it's going to be crowded.
1: It's going to be crowded. I mean, we also have our little game of the year concept.
0: Yeah, we're going to Hey, we'll we'll be able to get I think we'll be able to get something like uh provided it scores well enough Mario RPG in there. Because we won't have ours picked out until just like the day of or just after that drops, so mm-hmm. it should be should be good should be good. Um, but that is that's our show for Direct Xbox number eight. Thanks everyone for stopping by with us. Of course, you can check out bonus content and the shows early over on Spawncast Network, SpawncastNetwork.com, or Patreon.com/slash Spawncast. But for now, that's Nate the Hate over there. Check him out.